0: Section 9 of Birds and Nature, Volume 11, Number 3, March 1902. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Schmidt A Cargo of Stowaways Birds of Ocean and of Air, Hither in a Troop Repair. Aristophanes the birds passing out of the golden sunrise into a world of blue sky and the blue waters of lake huron we regretfully assured ourselves that save for the shadowy gray and white gulls that followed in the wake of our steamer in search of a breakfast there would be for us no bird reviews so dear to the heart of the ornithologist in a strange country or not at least until we should have reached the far distant islands in the picturesque river sault st marie so that the inertia of the blank waters about us we prepared to be content but in this instance as in many others we were to learn that the conclusions are by no means conclusive and it was with joy that we could exclaim with aristophanes but hark the rushing sound of rushing wings approaches us when before our delighted and surprised eyes alighted a bronze grackle most majestic of blackbirds who stepped off across the deck with all of the pride of a lately promoted major doubtless glad enough to find himself on solid footing after the heavy gale of the past night which has blown him into unknown seas his rich metallic plumage gleamed in the sunlight as he eyed us inquisitively the while walking calmly about us picking up the insects of which we seemed to have an abundant supply aboard but where is the little wife to whom he was so devoted and whose labors of incubation he so materially assisted taking his turn on the nest with the clock-like regularity but also he shared with her their rich song-notes which so delight us during the courting season but our grackle is by no means the only stowaway we were to carry north with us for all at once the air was resonant with excited chips and zeeps as the different winged passengers arrived at least a half dozen pine warblers contentedly flitted onto the deck filling the air with their sweet calls and dancing about like little balls of yellow feathers and to delight beyond anything the heart of a bird enthusiast far more indeed than can any result of gun camera or opera-glass was the fact that exhaustion and hunger had entirely obliterated from these birds every trace of their dread of the human kind and they associated with us as fearlessly as though to the manner born particularly was this true of the pine warblers who hopped about us on the hatchways like chickens one venturesome little fellow even becoming so familiar as to alight on the toe of my slipper and quietly inspect its steel embroidery with silent curiosity occasionally glancing up at me out of his round bright eyes as confidentially as though he was a connoisseur in footwear another warbler lit on the corner of a book that one of the passengers was holding in her hand this rare friendliness made us feel that we had not only the bird in the hand but also the two in the bush with still a balance in our favor for we could study their movements as intimately as we desired but i could hardly keep from rubbing my eyes in amazement fearing twas but a dream or that my brain has been turned as topsy-turvy this morning as was my stomach the night before but the experience was certainly uniquely delightful to say the least after all these years of careful peeking and prying to secure a moment's observation of some of these birds to have them now flitting about me at my very feet as it were in this familiar and friendly fashion was indeed a rare treat it is darwin who has said that he had come to the conclusion that the wildness of birds with regard to man is a particular instinct directed against him and not dependent on any general degree of caution arising from other sources of danger birds in general however have had reason to become timid from their experience of the human biped and hold with Eben holden that men are the most terrible of all critters And the meanest. They are the only critters that kill for fun, and it has become instinctive for them to act accordingly. However, we had not yet arrived at the end of our experience with the sociable bird world, for it seemed that we were to carry a full cargo of stowaways, for the next arrivals were six or seven juncos, savoring of frost and wintry weather, notwithstanding the heat of the autumnal sun miss merriam has quaintly styled these busy little birds gray-robed monks and nuns though their character does not cleverly carry out that conception for they are a pugnacious lot of feathers and blood and there were pitch battles going on at every hatch corner the juncos playing the part of the aggressor every time turning and conspicuously flaunting their stylish white-tail markings in the face of their opponents the next advent was that of a tiny house-wren who seemed to have had a good deal of his natural belligerency blown out of him and was content to make a peaceful breakfast on the canada soldiers that were swarming about wrens are noticeable for the interest that they take in human belongings and love to make their home among them at marquette i was shown a nest built in an overshoe inadvertently left in the crotch of an apple-tree and which i am glad to report the owner left undisturbed when she learned by whom it was preempted i thought of our little stowaway when i saw the nest and wondered how much he could have told me of its construction Someone has mentioned a nest built in an old coat-sleeve and audubon tells us of a pair that nested in his parlor paying him rent in song music the wren has also received much honorable mention in history aristotle being the first i believe to call him the king of birds possibly because of the legend that tells us that to gain his sovereignty in a trial of flight he concealed himself on the back of an eagle who was one of the contestants and after that bird of mighty wing-power had reached his limit the wren arising from his seat among the eagle's feathers easily flew much higher thus gaining the race and title perhaps not the first time that high places have been arrived at through duplicity but in justice to his species mention should be made of the myth That asserts that in ye golden time the wren was the only bird brave enough to enter heaven and bring down fire to earth for the benefit of the mortals. In this philanthropical work he scorched off his feathers, so the other birds made a donation party and each contributed some spare feathers to the singed benefactor. But we notice that their generosity, like that of some others, was confined to donating their plainest apparel. All but the owl, who refused to part with a single quill, but who, for his stinginess, was at once ostracized from good society and forced to make his appearance only after nightfall, when the best people were not in evidence. Of the two other members of the warbler family who traveled north with us singly and alone, one was a Blackburnian warbler, silent and dull of plumage as befitted the season. And the other a dainty black throated blue warbler, one of the most dressy and gentlemanly appearing birds of the warbler species. In his steely blue coat, black stock and evening vest, and wide expanse of white shirt front, he looks as though fully attired for a swell reception. His two white wing patches closely resemble handkerchiefs peeping from side pockets. Completing the illusion. He was rather more reserved in his movements than the gang of noisy associates, and picked daintily at the flies as befits well bred superiority. But he, like the rest, showed no apparent distrust of us, neither did some newly arrived white throated sparrows, who joined in the general scramble for insects. But not now do we hear their cheerful, i have got plenty to eat but no cheese as dr brewer interprets their song i am sure that they could have had cheese or anything else they desired on board the castalia for unhospitable thoughts intent i secured some crumbs from the table but my feathered fellow-travelers would have none of me passing my humble offerings by in disdain there was but one death on the passage and that was a white-eyed vireo who either succumbed to exhaustion or struck the rigging too violently in boarding the steamer but birds were not the only winged creatures who took passage with us for several hours a continuous stream of honey-bees and yellow-jackets flew exhausted upon the deck only to become food for the bee-eating passengers the few who escaped and revived sufficiently to crawl up into the cabin were so fatigued that one could stroke them gently without provoking any antagonism wafted across the blue waters by adverse winds came also myriads of common yellow butterflies tossing in the gentle breeze like handfuls of shining buttercups and great troops of beautiful milkweed butterflies plexippus. Their brilliant colors gleaming in the sunlight in all the richness of ebony and crimson. They hovered about the steamer like gorgeous blossoms cut from the parent stalk and left poised in mid air at the mercy of treacherous gales. Funny little atoms of vanity and brightness, whose homes are among the gardens of peace and sunshine, what business had they here in this region of seething waters and tempestuous winds? we looked to have our feathered friends leave us upon the first appearance of land but on the contrary they remained with us all of the afternoon as we sailed in and out among the picturesque islands of the sioux river and it was not until toward their bedtime and the setting of the sun that they gradually began to disappear the last to leave and that was at dusk was the black-throated blue warbler just before reaching the lock, a couple of juncos perched on the rail and engaged in what seemed to us a very heated discussion, until finally one of them, with a chip of command, flew to the shore, the other following in a moment with a note of protest. The latter's idea, doubtless, was to remain with a good thing in hand rather than venture into pastures new of unknown possibilities. On our return trip, the weather being calm, no birds were buffeted and baffled with the gusty gale. Hence, our only stowaways were a couple of yellow warblers, who spent most of their time in one of the offices catching flies on the wall. And we were obliged to resort to other resources for our entertainment, and found at least aristocratic as well as botanical enjoyment in looking at the great bunches of goldenrod, yellow coneflowers and pale primroses a combination of yellows that formed an exquisite blend and which covered the embankment of the great willow dyke on st clair flats that seems fast running into a state of dilapidation and decay but it is a delightful sail down the willow boarded lane of blue water a stray bit of venice with venice left out as it were and where no angry waters toss the brave mariner and consequently seasick traveller across mighty billows a performance which is a by no means charming accessory to one's erstwhile home on the bounding deep alberta a field End of section nine